Section 9 of Christmas and Christmas Law. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Christmas and Christmas Law by Thomas G. Crippen. Section 9 Placing and Removing Evergreens. Tradition prescribed Christmas Eve as the proper time for placing the festive evergreens, and in Rutland it was thought unlucky to bring holly into the house before that time. A likely explanation of this may be that, in popular belief, the wood spirits were tricksy and might do mischief if they were invited into the house before the Christ child could hold them in restraint by his mystical presence. On this topic, more will be said hereafter. Stowe tells us in his survey of London, 1598, that formerly not only houses and churches, but the conduits and standards in the streets were likewise garnished, among the which I read that, in the year 1444, by tempest of thunder and lightning, Towards the morning of Candlemas Day, at the Leaden Hall in Cornhill, a standard of tree being set up in the midst of the pavement, fast in the ground, nailed full of holm and ivy, for disport of Christmas to the people, was torn up and cast down by the malignant spirit, as was thought, and the stones of the pavement all about were cast in the streets and into diverse houses, so that the people were sore aghast. The mode of arranging the decorative evergreens, both in house and church, must always have varied with individual taste. A humorous account of what seems to have been fashionable about 1712 appears in the Spectator of 23rd January in that year. Our clerk, who was once a gardener, has this Christmas so overdecked the church with greens that he has quite spoiled my prospect. The middle aisle is a very pretty shady walk, and the pews look like so many arbours on each side of it. The pulpit itself has such clusters of ivy, holly, and rosemary about it that a light fellow in our pew took occasion to say that the congregation heard the word out of a bush, like Moses. About that time it was customary in London for evergreens to be hawked through the streets. In Gay's poem Trivia, 1713, we read, When rosemary and bays, the poet's crown, are bawled in frequent cries through all the town. Then judge the festival of Christmas near, Christmas, the joyous period of the year. Now with bright holly all the temples strew, with laurel green and sacred mistletoe. It is now usual for decorations to follow, as far as may be, the architectural lines of the building. As to the removal of the greenery, custom was not uniform. Some thought that as the Christmas holidays ended with Twelfth Night, or at the latest with Plough Monday, the decorations ought to remain no longer. Others regarded the festal season as lasting till Candlemas, the fortieth day after Christmas, when, according to the law of Moses, the mother of our Lord presented him in the temple, 
together with her thank-offering, and Simeon recognized the holy child as the long-awaited light to lighten the Gentiles. This latter seems to have been the more general English custom, if we may accept the witness of Herrick, who under the title Ceremonies for Candlemas Eve writes, Down with the rosemary and so, down with the bays and mistletoe, down with the holly, ivy, all wherewith ye dressed the Christmas hall, that so the superstitious find not one least branch there left behind. For look how many leaves there be, neglected there, mates, trust to me, so many goblins ye shall see. In many places it was a rule that the Christmas evergreens, when taken down, should be left to perish by natural decay. To burn them was very unlucky. In Shropshire, on the other hand, the tradition was that they should be burnt on Candlemas Eve. End of section 9